Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nisa Today FC podcast. I'm Josh Taylor, and on today's episode, we have a very special guest as the Albion San Diego play-by-play announcer, Hector Trujillo, joins the show to help us break down the 2023 Nisa season schedule. So me and Hector get into it, pick some of our, the key matchups that we are keeping an eye on during the season, which teams we think are going to do well, and of course, we also discuss the U.S. Open Cup pairings for the second round when the Nisa teams enter. So we'll share our thoughts on that and more. So stay tuned, guys. we got another exciting episode coming right up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show on Nisa Today FC Podcast. And as I mentioned on social media, our special guest this evening joining us all the way from sunny San Diego is Albion play-by-play announcer Hector Trujillo. Hector, thanks for joining me on the show once again. Hey, good to talk to you again, Josh. Uh, I know it's been a while, but I'm excited to get the season started and glad to be part of your show again. Yeah, Hector, since I, I have you on, I was just curious. Uh, I, I want to make sure uh, you, you, you're still eating all your food and everything, right? Yeah, yeah, I got some gigs on the side, so I'm all good to go. Thanks for asking. Oh, no, no, no. I, I just remember uh, when Albion was so quiet during the off season. Uh, after they Nisa, we were waiting forever. Finally announces the schedule, and we saw Albion on the schedule. So the first thing you tweet at me was, "I haven't eaten since October." So I want to make sure you know you're still <laughs> eating it all. I'm doing good, so that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of Albion, I, I know that's a team you guys cover. Uh, so I'm just want to get your thoughts on what were the things you were maybe hearing about during the off season because all we heard were rumors that Albion was going to probably sit out. One of the, their major investor had pulled out, and at the last minute they decided to make a U-turn, and now they're playing. So what are you? What are you hearing throughout the off seasons on Albion San Diego? Yeah, that was music to my ears as well. I mean, uh, I was trying to keep up with everything going on. Uh, through my sources, through the people that I worked with last season and stuff. So, yeah, I found out about the same time everybody else did. And it was great news to me because, obviously, they made it to the championship game last year. Dramatic game. I know you predicted it right, 1-0 Michigan Stars. And um, it was a fun game to watch. Obviously, it didn't go to Albion's way. But I was like, man, it, that would really suck if, like, a team that made the championship game didn't come back for the following year. Because we already knew, like, by that time that Cal United had uh, – was not going to come back this season. Probably they'll be back 2024, but they finished on top of the table. So there was a lot of back and forth around the league, around teams who was going to be back or not. Obviously, they already announced the three new teams coming into this season. And, uh, yeah, it was just, like I said, I was so happy to hear that they were going to be back. By that point, we already knew that um, Mayor Malongo and uh, Walter Varela – and Ziggy Kordowski, I think it was mid-January, they announced that they're going to go to uh, USL1, the uh, Red Wolves over there. Yeah, so, Chad, yeah. Uh, good to know that uh, they just actually, I'll be on San Diego just actually today, Saturday, finished their last day of um, open tryouts. So they'll be locking up maybe some more information as to who's going to be back, who are they going to be the new players and stuff like that. Canning Crest Academy still got to be their home. So... So, yeah, I mean, it's always good to have, you know, the teams that are finishing strong the previous season coming back for the next year. And obviously, like I said, Cal United's going to be missed. That great rivalry they had with Albion San Diego, those great matches, including the semifinal that uh, Albion won at uh, Irvine. So, yeah, I'm just ready to go and uh, can't wait to see what comes out from the front office, including who's going to be the new head coach and who's going to be the returners and who's going to be the new players being signed up. Yeah, it's just uh, great to see that Albion is back. I know the people that are the most very happy to be back is your supporters group, Albion 1904 FC supporters for that club. So they're very excited to see Albion back for another season. But yeah, as you mentioned, lots of question marks as far as who's going to coach this team, what type of players they're going to bring in. Uh, 
I have kind of predicted that with Cal United not playing this year, I'm sure Albion and LA Force will try to pick some players from Cal United squad to, you know, build their roster as we get close to the season. Yeah, I agree with that. And obviously LA Force is going to be playing their home games in Irvine at Championship Stadium, which also got a lot of people's attention. I mean, it's a great field. I mean, they got a – I think I was there once last season. I didn't make the uh, semifinal match, but I was there for one of their games. And that's uh, a great experience to play there. Orange County's got a good vibe. Obviously, they got also got a USL team, Orange County SC, who won the championship a couple of years ago. And um, I'm glad. I'm glad it's not going to go to waste. I know there's a lot of controversy about LA Galaxy coming in and taking the spot or – or what was going to be going on with the field itself was going to get priority. But it's good that it's going to be good to, uh, put to good use and that uh, it's going to continue that uh, Southern California rivalry uh, between L.A. and San Diego uh, back and forth. They're going to be playing, uh, I think, we got to double-check the schedule now because I know there's been some changes since the last time I saw it, which we'll get into. But I think they'll be playing three of the four games there at Irvine and then one one game at Canning Crest Academy. So, yeah, great, great time to go up there if you haven't been there to – the championship stadium 1904 fans as you mentioned really passionate really supported the whole offseason and they're really as as excited or even more excited than i was knowing the team's going to be back because they did build a quite a passionate following during the season regular season a lot of close games a lot of interesting uh, rivalries that they built up last year so yeah it's going to be a, a great season and i hope uh, i hope the fans continue to support the team yeah it's very interesting that with Cal United not playing this year, that LA Force were the beneficiaries and taking over their home stadium. So uh, I that was kind of the first surprise I noticed in the schedule. I was like, oh, there, there's no TBD, not like not like last year where LA Force, like every other game, was like to, to be determined. So I guess <laughs> for their 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 fans, you know, it's it's nice to have at least one place where they can actually go watch their games. And I know with Championship Stadium. I've never been there, but I remember when Chicago House was in the league back in 2021. Uh, our head coach at the time, CJ Brown, he, he he praised that facility. And when they when we went out there to play Cal United Strikers, and he's like, "It's a really nice facility. Uh, those guys really know what they're doing." And of course, uh, Orange County Soccer Club, the USL Championship side, you know, they share that stadium too. So he was praising that facility too, and the organizations that are involved with that stadium. And, of course, it's going to be very crowded this year because, as you mentioned, LA Force is going to be playing there. LA Galaxy 2 will be playing games there. And, of course, Orange County SC. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But, yeah, that's going to be pretty awesome. All right, Hector, well, let's get into it. Let's break down the schedule. Uh, Of course, it was announced a couple days ago on... I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't remember the day now. I know the Open Cup matches were announced yesterday. And we'll get into that a bit later. But what were your takeaways, um, Hector, now that you had a chance to look at the schedule? What were, what were some surprises to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, glad I op- <laughs> I'm glad I opened up the schedule because we started talking a few minutes ago. Uh, but I was really excited to see Michigan Stars in a rematch of the final against Albion San Diego on April 9th to open up the Albion schedule at home. But I guess uh, there was some changes between when I wrote my last article and now. So they'll be opening up against uh, Chattanooga FC, which uh, they don't need no introduction to the league or to the fans with following Nisa, obviously one of the uh, staples of, of the league for years. And uh, they just, I think, uh, they played recently against an MLS side. I think it was Atlanta United, and they tied with them 3-3. Three to three. So it got everybody's attention there. And... Yeah, it's just a, I mean, if you're not going to get Michigan Stars, the champions in the first game now, I mean, it's always great to open up against a quality side like Chattanooga FC. They got Gene Antoine now, uh, formerly from Cal United. He'll be their goalkeeper this season. And obviously a guy who doesn't need a introduction. They always got uh, those great goal scorers, Marcus Nagelstad, with, uh, who won the Golden Boot last year. And uh, a lot of great returners. Um, uh, Dave, I mean, um, Sarah's not there. Ian Sarah, I think, uh, moved on to another team. But uh, they still got a great coaching staff. But obviously, it's going to be a lot of Chattanooga FC fans at that game at Kennedy Crest Academy. They travel well. 
And I can't wait to see um, if you're going to start off, like I said, the season against uh, anybody, the team that's going to raise your level in terms of uh, competition. So Avion's going to have their work cut out for them in the season opener at Kenny Crest Academy on April 16th. As uh, as then they follow up, uh, as we were just talking about LA Force against against LA Force at Championship Stadium in Irvine uh, in their second game. So I think three out three of the four first uh, first regular season games are going to be at home. So hopefully they can build some momentum for the rest of the season, and uh, they're going to get to see the first uh, get a taste of the newer teams here, the the, the expansion teams that joined the league, Gold Gold, Gold Star FC. Detroit yeah, Gold Star and, Detroit, uh, yep. Savannah Clovers. Yeah, what I found interesting about Albion's schedule is even though they made a U-turn and, and like, oh, hey, hey guys, uh, Commissioner John Pritchard, we're going to play. Put us on the schedule. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, what was amazing with them, even though they were late and had delayed the schedule release a bit until this past weekend, the full schedule out, it kind of worked out for Albion because – you have only 14, 14 home games, 14 home games, and you have 10 road games. So yeah. that's, a, to me, a sweet deal for Albion. You know, it's like coming a little late. Hey, you're, you're going to have a bunch of home games. So, hey, look, it's, we, we talked about it before the show about the, the schedule, about how it's going to work with just two West Coast teams because you have Albion and L.A. Force, and that was kind of – one takeaway I found was, like, wow, gonna, they got a lot of home games. Where Chattanooga and Gold Star, FC Detroit, they both have an even split, like 12 home games and 12 road games. So I thought that was interesting too. And even for an opening weekend with the matchups, you know, LA Force hosting Club de Leon, Chattanooga FC hosting Gold Star, Maryland Bobcats taking on City Union, and then you got Savannah Clovers FC taking on Michigan Stars. Uh, very very interesting matchups there. Uh, I think when I did my poll, the the most the most intriguing matchup that most people wanted to watch was of course uh, Chattanooga FC against Gold Star. Of course, you know Chattanooga FC, and then Gold Star. You know, especially after interviewing them, uh, their head coach uh, uh, Alex Lubianski a couple days ago. You know, he, he talked about Chattanooga. It's a good first test, but he feels his team's going to be ready against Chattanooga FC. So. That's definitely a matchup. I'm keeping my eye on opening day, but also you know Savannah, you know seeing what they can do. Of course, they got a good test too against the the Michigan Stars for their first matchup. Yeah, I'm curious, especially with uh, Gold Star FC Detroit. If they're going to be turning into the next Detroit City FC, man, <laughs> everybody should just forfeit, dude. Because I think was the Detroit City didn't lose a game for like a calendar year, like 27 in a row or something like that. Yeah, it was like a, I think it was like a 25-game unbeaten streak, something crazy like that, from their time when they won the fall season in 2020 and going all the way through 2021 season, uh, winning the, the, the titles. So yeah, it's going to be exactly. interesting too. And, and Gold Star, you know, we'll talk about this later, their first Open Cup matchup will be against Detroit City FC. So, hey, <laughs> uh, we, I talked to Coach Lubianski about it. I said, hey, you wanted them? Now you got them. So uh, <laughs> there you go. And uh, I know there was a shot about Chicago House maybe potentially getting drawn with Gold Star. But Chicago House, you know, I, I guess we can call it the Peter Will Trophy. <laughs> they, 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 if they get through uh, Bavarian – United, then they will play for Madison. So that's pretty cool yeah. too. But uh, we'll get in the Open Cup stuff later. But yeah, just some of my other takeaways from the schedule. As I mentioned, we, we talked about Albion and see how they're going to do. I mentioned about Chattanooga FC and Gold Star FC having split games. But since it's an unbalanced schedule, you're going to have some teams like Club de Leon FC, which will only have like 11 home games. And then, but with Club de Leon FC, I was kind of expecting like with Michigan Stars, because we didn't know where they're going to play. I thought, oh, they'll probably play at a high school stadium like Michigan Stars do, but they're actually going to play at UCF Soccer Stadium. And I used to live in Orlando. I've been in the University of Central Florida plenty of times. It's a very nice facility, uh, UCF Soccer Stadium. So that's cool that Club de Leon FC, even though we don't know much about them um, as of right now, other than a few player signings they've announced, that, you know, this team is going to, you know, maybe maybe could surprise some people. They, they certainly did as the amateur team 
playing in Nisa Nation last year in the UPSL in the fall season last year. And then, of course, giving Chattanooga FC a run for the money in the uh, Southeast Regional Championship back in the Nisa Independent Cup. So kind of looking forward to see what Club Leone FC will do. LA Force, as you mentioned earlier, you know, they'll be playing games at Chat Championship Stadium, but they only have 11 home games. 11 home games, uh, and as you alluded to, you know, they only go to Albion once, but then you guys will play them three times at Championship Stadium. But then they have 13 road games. And as you know, we only got two West Coast teams. Everybody else is on the East Eastern time zone. So LA Force going to have a lot of flyer miles going on <laughs> making trips out to the East Coast uh, for sure. Yeah, and if there's a tough luck team, man, I mean, if you look at last season, LA Force lost so many close games or like, you know, a, a win. It could have been a win and turned out to be a draw or they lost by one goal. So a lot of points they left on the table. Otherwise, they could have given a lot of teams a run for their money and maybe even sneaked into the playoffs as the final seat. So I'm definitely interested to see what LA Force has to bring uh, this season. And for Albion San Diego, after they get through that uh, little stretch at the beginning, three of the four four, four games at home, it probably won't. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule again, and they won't have another home game until June 15th. So from May 14th, they will they won't have another home game for like another month, dude. So they need to build up a lot of points, as many points as possible, uh, early on to uh, you know separate themselves from the competition and probably you know build themselves a little bit of a cushion going into the rest of the season. So it's really important to have a good start with the season for them, I think. Yeah, and. Albion is not the only team that's in that situation. Of course, with the unbalanced schedule, you're going to have some teams that, based from the other team schedules I've looked at, you're going to have some teams that, I think Savannah Clovers was the only other team I find, I found that has a couple home games, a couple road games, then a road game and a, and a home game. But a lot of the other, and then as you mentioned, Gold Star and Chattanooga kind of have an evenly split. The only difference is Gold Star, they, as I mentioned to you in my last episode, with talking to Coach Alex Lubianski, uh, their first seven games will be on the road, and that's because their stadium is getting built, getting ready, getting finished, and they expect to have that stadium done for their home opener, which will be June 24th. But besides Gold Star, everybody else, it's, it's going to be like, okay, you're home for a bit, then you're on the road for like a month. It's it's, it's crazy. So like Club of the Own, for example, when they, they'll be on the road against LA Force for the first game, but then they – are at home against Savannah, then they're on the road against Maryland Bobcats, and then on April 29th through June 10th, they have four home games. And then uh, they're on the road again for like another four games, June 17th through July 8th, and then they're going to do, do that again August 5th through the 19th, they'll be on the road. And then it alternates between home and away uh, a couple times. But yeah, Club Leon is in that situation. Another team that was gonna is gonna be in that situation is the defending champions, the Michigan Stars. So yep. as you mentioned, they will, will they were gonna play Albion later, but which will be on the schedule June twenty fourth. That's when they play Albion, but uh, for the rematch. But until then, yeah, Michigan Stars are at home or on the road against Savannah, and then they'll be at home against Gold Star and Chattanooga on the April fourteenth and 29th. Then they play the Maryland Bobcats on May twentieth. So you got a big break. And so then, and then after June 3rd, which is their home game against Savannah, they'll be on the road for a month. So June 10th to July 8th, they're on the road for a month. And then July 14th to August 4th, they'll be home for four straight weeks. They'll be home. And then they'll be on the road again for like another three weeks. And then in September, they'll be on the road from September 2nd to September 23rd. So they're going, they're going to Orlando, Detroit, which is Gold Star. Maryland Bobcats, and then Salt City Union. And then their final three home games will be in September 29th, October 7th, and the 14th. So the Michigan Stars are kind of in that situation as well. And as I mentioned, Chattanooga, their last few games, like September and October, they'll play most of those games on the road. They only have one home game between September 3rd and October 14th, and that's October 1st when they take on Gold Star FC Detroit. So it'll be interesting to see how these NISA clubs kind of navigate. I know last year was a little hectic because of what happened with Bay Cities and Value United folding up shop in the middle of the season. And the league had to make do with the eight teams they had. But 
they said in the press release they, they learned, you know, trying to keep these teams' financial situations under consideration and, you know, try and make it closer to, to a regional type of schedule as possible. And as I mentioned, you know, for Albion, worked out for you guys. And, you know, for some teams, it didn't work out as far as scheduling-wise, but it'll be an adjustment for sure. Props to the league, by the way. After that fiasco happened with both uh, Bay Cities and Valley United, I mean, for obviously for different reasons, I wasn't sure if there was going to be a, a competition for the rest of the season, man. But, uh, yeah, they came up with a good formula, a fair formula for everybody, I think. And uh, I know everybody likes to take shots at them at, online, especially on Twitter. I know I've been guilty of that myself. But definitely they uh, they rose to the occasion. They made the adjustments necessary. And it's looking like uh, they continued that for this season. So props to them. Hey, I know the, the everyone gets all negative on 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 the league and and look, you know we've all done it. You know Riley criticizing them from situations that they find themselves in, whether you know with you know issues with the paying the refs or you know what happened with you know vetting the teams. But you know as I've always stressed, it's a young league. This is their fifth season now playing. It's hard to believe five years, crazy. Yeah. But <laughs> especially because people forget when this league started, it was basically during a pandemic. So it's it's kind of hard that to believe that people kind of forget that. But as much as gripes I see on social media about Nisa this and the schedule and all this stuff, you know, MLS Next Pro, at least last of I checked, according to this podcast on a Saturday night, <laughs> they have not released their, their schedule yet. And I know part of it is because we don't know what's going to happen with Rochester, New York, FC, FC, New, excuse me, Rochester, New York, New York FC. <laughs> That's a tongue twister there. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, no one's bashing on social media. MLS Next Pro, where's the schedule? Blah, blah, blah. But Nisa, that's like, oh my gosh, like, the sky is falling, you know? It's just, it's just crazy. But, you know, everyone I've talked to, whether within the league, like Steve Johnson, or talking to people that work for the Nisa clubs, you know, they feel confident that Nisa's finally going to turn the corner, you know, had, you know, some tough issues the last couple of years, but they feel that this is the turning point, that they're going to finally get it right. Hey, look, if Nisa can get through the season with all these nine clubs finishing the season, most importantly, you know, hey, I, 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 when I talked to Coach Alex Lubianski, he said, hey, we're kind of the model of this new ownership group with doing a different style, and if we do really well, the league can attract other ownership groups and from other markets and, and, and grow from there. So hopefully that will be the case. And I know he referenced, you know, other leagues like MLS and USL and NASL back in the day, you know, had their issues. But, you know, eventually – got to the point where, you know, they figure it out. I know it didn't work and for NASL because they folded, but, you know, yeah. USL is still around. MLS is still here. And, you know, NISA, as of right now, hey, they're still here. So, hey, you got to give the league credit for that. And is there any better Cinderella story? I know we're about to get to US Open Cup talk, but watching a NISA team or like a USL one team Making it, making a run and beating, you know, a higher division team, USO Championship or MLS teams. Is there any better feeling for people for like us who support grassroots soccer from the ground up and watching those kind of stories develop? I mean, watching uh, who was it, uh, Sacramento Republic, make it all the way to the championship game against Orlando City. I mean, everybody became a, a, a Sacramento Republic fan. Didn't matter what your team was or what league you followed. So there's nothing better than those Cinderella stories. You know what I'm saying? No, I hear you, and it was a, a really cool story to see that with Sacramento Republic FC. I, I mean, remember, and I think the other interesting element to that story, uh, yeah, they came up short against Orlando City of, or against Orlando City SC, excuse me, but they, you know, made it to the final. And remember, Sacramento, we thought years ago that was going to be an MLS team. They were gonna, they had this, you know, everything all set up, and then they're ownership backed out and now I'm not in MLS and I know Don Garber keeps saying they're in contention but I'm like it's hard for me to believe that you're gonna put Sacramento ahead of Las Vegas or anywhere you're at down there Hector San Diego so um that'll be an interesting dynamic to see but no it was a really cool story and look everyone wants a Cinderella story you know whether it's the World Cup like we saw with Morocco for the men's World Cup did last December that was a cool story. You know, in the U.S., it's always like college basketball, whatever, Cinderella, when March Madness rolls around, there's always some team 
making a push to try to get to the final four. So, I mean, that's whether it's no matter what sport it is, we love, you know, Cinderella stories because it's just especially when you're an underdog, it just makes it that much cooler. And I know for Nisa, Cal United was that barrier. They were the final team, the last team to, to, to go far for Nisa. And they gave LA Galaxy a, a heck of a run, man, in, in that game, too. So I'll be curious to see you. We'll, we'll talk about it a bit later. Which team you think might be the next Cal United and, and go far in the tournament? But as far as the schedule goes, I know we've been talking about a lot of the key matchups. But one thing I kind of wanted to mention, too, is, you know, this, the, the merger between with Fire City Union and Syracuse Pulse now Salt City Union. Um, that'll be kind of interesting seeing how that plays out. But that club, City Union, will play 17 matches as Flower City Union, and then they'll play seven matches as Salt City Union. But Hector, I just want to get your thoughts. Well, what do you think about this unique merger between Flower City Union and Syracuse Pulse as they will you know, basically play in two markets this season? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting experiment. It's really original. Uh, I don't know anything similar to this in U.S. soccer. I know there was something similar when I was growing up in Mexico with Tampico Madero, who tried the same thing, and it was successful for them. And they got a lot of following from uh, the, the fans there in Tampico. Uh, hopefully it's as successful here. It'll be, like I said, really cool to see the fans coming out and supporting right, right off the bat. Getting to uh, getting to the games and being active on social media, getting the word out, I think is really key, especially when you're trying out something like this. And like I said, hopefully they have a run that uh, that gives a gives a good showing for for everybody on the team and everybody that's supporting him. So I'll be interesting. I definitely one of those situations, experiments that I'm interested in following, and maybe it'll be an example for other teams as well, if not at NISA and, and, and potentially other leagues. You know? Yeah, and for City Union. It was a tough year for them, you know, being expansion team, you know, finished at the bottom. I think they only had like two wins and three draws and 18 losses, if I remember correctly. But, and of course, because of the whole situation with the league last year with what happened with Bay Cities and Valley United FC, you know, Fire City Union had to go all over the place. They were like playing so many games and had to kind of make up those games, you know, towards the end of the season. And, you know, they have a coaching change now. Jordan Sullivan taking over that team. Uh, I'm interested to see what Fire City Union, or in this case, City Union, well, it's still going to take me some time to get used to the branding, whichever one they want to go with. <laughs> but uh, you see what they do. Um, I know they, I saw yesterday they made one big signing, bringing in Steven Elias uh, from Michigan Stars. Uh, big deal there, uh, a big get for City Union. And as they're announcing some of their signings, so I think City Union is going to improve this season. I mean, I don't think they're going to finish at the bottom like they did last year. I think they will improve. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but I definitely believe they'll get more than two wins for sure, as opposed to last year. No, yeah, even whether like, I think it was the game, the first game they played Albion San Diego, that was a hell of a game, man. That was one of the most intense and. Uh, you know, passionate games that I saw all season from both sides. And I think it ended up in a 2-2 draw. They scored in the 90th minute and tied it. And um, I think later on in that season is when Albion San Diego were able to beat them 3-0. But, yeah, it's one of those teams that's, uh, that's, you know, you can never take them for granted. They're always uh, focused on, on the opponent, and they play to the level of the opponent. Unfortunately, it's kind of like a situation with LA Force that a mistake here and a mistake there can cost you a point or or two points instead of a victory turns into a, a tie or something. So if they can fix fix up those mistakes from last season, there's no reason why they can't make the playoffs, especially considering uh, I think it's six teams that are making the playoffs this year, right, out of the, out of the nine teams. So it's, there's definitely potential there to uh, to make it in, if not as a six-seed or as a five-seed. Yeah, the, the format for the – it'll be the same as it ended last year. Single table, the top two teams uh, in the table will get a bye to the semifinal – and then teams that finish three through six qualify for the playoffs and they'll be in the quarterfinal round. So, yeah, City Union, you know, like I said, I think they'll improve. I think they'll they'll fight for the playoffs, um, but we'll see. You never know. I know the rosters are all in question because teams are building their roster right now. So we'll see. You, you never know. I think there'll definitely be some surprises in NISA 
for the season. Um, they, sorry to interrupt, but they yeah. actually am looking at the schedule again, and they closed the season out of Gustavia and San Diego. So if it's one of those situations, they're playing at home maybe for a potential playoff spot. They're going to let it all ride, dude, and, you know, it'll be an interesting game if it comes down to, to that situation. Oh, yeah. And for City Union and the Maryland Bobcats, um, which I, I do like the Maryland Bobcats, especially what they're doing with their back line with some of their, their, their signings and key players they're bringing back. Um, and I think the Maryland Bobcats, you know, I know they lost a lot of key players this offseason uh, that have moved on to other – clubs like Elijah Amo and uh, Balogun and players like that. And of course, they won't have Felix on but this year. But I think the Maryland Bobcats will still make a, a good run. And what's interesting with them and City Union is they will play, you know, the two West Coast teams, Albion and LA Force, like one home match and where the two West Coast teams go to their places. And then they will also play them on the road. So they both will make a trip out west to play you guys Albion and LA Force uh, but it'll be one cross country trip so I know the league really worked hard to try to the teams that kind of had a tight budget make it fit to where the teams need so they just get that trip out the way and then you don't have to worry about the rest of the season so I think that was a good thing from the league as well absolutely now one interesting wrinkle to the schedule is that the week of July 22nd and the 29th will be reserved for the final matches of the NISA Independent Cup. Now, I know the league has not announced the format, but I would have to guess that if we're just going to have the last two weekends of July for for the NISA Independent Cup, it would be very similar to how it was last year where you have the amateur teams play in a regional group stage and then the winner of that group stage will play the, the NISA team representing that region in a regional final. Yeah, and I know last year was an exciting match for Avion San Diego against Capo FC. Actually, my colleague and sidekick, uh, Mary Beth Smota, got a chance to call that game too. And she was all, she was super excited and she did a great job calling it as, as well. It was a, another one of those things that it came down to a couple of plays. Uh, Ryan Buckingham was a goalkeeper if I'm not mistaken, for Avion San Diego and and uh, Capo FC playing at home in front of the home fans. They uh, they had a chance there to tie it late in the game, and he came up with a huge save on a rebound as well. So if they would have put that one away, you never know what happens in, in extra time if they would have gone that far. Uh, but uh, Avion was able to put it away with a third goal. I think it finished 3-1. to one. But, well, again, another Nisa Nation team, you know, they have a chance to showcase their players against uh, technically – uh, technically, I guess, uh, a different league and, uh, and a higher, uh, potentially, like, teams that are, like, higher up on, on the uh, totem pole, if you will. So I can't wait to see if it's at Capo FC. Maybe it'd be a different team that I'll be on plays. But it, it's, again, it's, uh, again, building those grassroots support from the fans and building that Cinderella story that you never know. One of those players could wind up being the next Messi, and he started off in Nisa Nation, so... So I'm glad to see that the, the league decided to keep this again for another season, and, and we'll see what the matchups are going to be. But I'm excited to see if uh, Albion San Diego can do a rematch with Capo or somebody else that, that can give them a run for their money, you know? Yeah, I'm more interested to see, you know, what amateur teams will get invited to this competition. I mean, also we know the the, the champions in the, in the regional leagues that the league's affiliated with, like the Midwest Premier League, Gulf Coast Premier League, Cascadia Premier League, and the, the – um, Southwest Premier League, they'll they'll get you know spots, but uh, I just kind of want to see what maybe some other teams that they try to bring from outside the umbrella. Like I know there was Metro Louisville, they've been playing it the last couple of years. So you know, seeing those kind of UPSL clubs and more teams to kind of make it bigger, make it better, and you know give these NISA teams you know a, a run for their money. So that'll be pretty cool to see with the NISA Independent Cup and see what it's going to look like. Now, Hector, before we move on to talk some U.S. Open Cup, is there like a key matchup that you may be looking forward to um, that's on the schedule for the season? Yeah, actually, we brought it up a second ago, but uh, the rematch against Michigan Stars on June 24th, that's going to be a big one. 
at home. Obviously, anytime you lose to a team in the final, especially when it's that close of a game, it comes down to a couple of plays, and they scored on a corner kick, I think, in the uh, 24th or 25th minute or something. And after that, they were able to clamp down with their with their great defense, not creating, not allowing Albion to have a lot of chances. So it's one of those things that, you know, stays with the offseason for the players. I'm sure whoever they're going to be returning this season are going to remember that final game. So that's one I have circled on my schedule. And uh, the games against the uh, the newer teams as well, you know, obviously the home up against Chattanooga, everybody's going to be excited about that. But we talked about South City Union. We talked about Savannah Clovers and, and all the teams that are going to be coming in, uh, Club de Leon. So see what they have to offer the league and see what they have to offer the fans. I got those circled. And my calendar as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of games, but definitely those ones are the ones that stick out for me. Yeah, for me, it's going to be, you know, Michigan Stars as well. But it's going to be their matches against Chattanooga FC. Now, remember last year, they played against each other like, what, five times? It was like four draws, and then Chattanooga won. Or I think it was three draws, and then I think Chattanooga won the fourth game. But then the Michigan Stars beat Chattanooga FC in the playoffs. I think that's how it went down, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But this year, those two teams only play against each other twice. So on April 29th will be the first battle, the first round. Chattanooga FC goes to the Michigan Stars to play them at Romeo Stadium. And the next time they will play each other will be against will be on July 8th when the Michigan Stars go to Chattanooga FC at Fort Finley to take on the boys in blue. So that's definitely a, a, a matchup. That I'm definitely going to keep an eye on as well. But then, of course, the other team I'm going to keep my eye on is, of course, the new boys in town, Gold Star FC Detroit. Just to see how they adjust to playing all those games on the road and then having a bunch of home games, 12 of their last 17 games at home. But, of course, the rivalry against Michigan Stars FC. Of course, they will play them on April 14th at Romeo Stadium. And then the next time they'll play is on June 29th at Gold Star Stadium, and then again on August 4th at Romeo Stadium, and then again on September 8th at Gold Star. So they play against each other at least four times, kind of getting that rivalry going and, you know, seeing how the, the rivalries heat up. I mean, I know you covering Albion have that rivalry against LA Force. Maybe not too much similar to Cal United Strikers, but still, SoCal rivalry, you know, big deal. You know, with your always want to get a win against your neighbors. Yeah, I mean, anything in L.A., San Diego, whether it's baseball, football, we don't have a San Diego football, like NFL football team, but the whole thing going down with the Chargers leaving to L.A. And, you know, basketball, you got the Lakers. Obviously, they own Southern California even when they don't have great seasons. So anything that comes down to L.A. and San Diego is going to get people's attention, regardless of what sport it is. So I'm glad at least uh, the league and the teams decided to stay here in the West Coast and Southern California specifically. Obviously, we're going to miss, you know, Cal United this year, but hopefully they do come back in 2024. And like you said, it'll be interesting to see how many players from Cal United end up in either LA Force or Albion San Diego. And the fact that that LA Force is going to be playing much closer now in Irvine at Championship Stadium, and it'll save the drive time from San Diego to uh, going up north. It'll be like uh, save them 45 minutes for the home fans that want to go see their team. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited, man. I can't wait for the season to start, and I know both – both sides have a point to prove both LA and San Diego. Not only that, and I think long term, I mean California's been a you know a key market for, you know, Nisa. And I know we hope Cal United strikers come back to play next year, especially because they've been a solid organization in their time in the league. And of course, Calabasas FC, we don't know much about them yet, but they're another West Coast team that's expected to join the league next year, and there could be more. You you never know. And it would be cool if the league kind of gets that presence built on the West Coast with you know more California teams and even Arizona. I mean, if, if Valley United FC they clear their investigation and they can come back, you know that's cool too. And kind of kind of set the tone out west and you know see the league continue to grow. Yeah. All right, Hector. Let's get into the U.S. Open Cup stuff real quick. Um, that was announced. Uh, a couple days ago uh, on February 16th. So we got some very interesting matchups here, but I'll give you the four first because you covered this matchup already. San Diego Loyal versus Albion San Diego over at 
SDSU sports deck. Um, and just covering it last year, just talk about your experience, like covering that game and, you know, that rivalry. And now you're going to get to do it again this year. Just talk about your, your experience from that last time they played against each other. Yeah, it was a great time, man. It was fans from both sides showing up. Obviously, the San Diego Loyal fans only had to drive from Torero Stadium to Canyon Crest, a 15-minute drive, and they showed up in force. And obviously, the Albion San Diego fans playing at Canyon Crest Academy were also there as well, supporting their team. It was a great, it was a great game, man. A great atmosphere. A lot of local familiar faces in San Diego, politicians, newscasters, you know, athletes that everybody's recognizable from San Diego State and UCSD were there uh, showing up. Players from the San Diego Wave were there, remember there? It was because it was their first year in the NDWSL last season too, so they got a chance to enjoy it live. And, yeah, it was a great game. Um, San Diego Loyal drew first blood in the uh, 45th minute uh, just before halftime, but Albion San Diego was able to bounce back and tie the game in the second half. Came down to a corner kick, if I'm not mistaken, in the 89th minute. And Albion, I'm sorry, uh, San Diego Loyal scored on that goal. Albion San Diego wasn't able to tie it in the final few minutes of the game with uh, injury time. But, yeah, I'm glad that it was a good showing, man. That was uh, the first time that I've seen a – actually, it was the first time I've seen a U.S. Style Championship side versus an ESA side live. And I'm glad the, the fans got their money's worth. I, when the news came out that it was going to be San Diego Loyal against Albion San Diego again on social media – it, it got blasted everywhere. Like it was instantaneous, the, uh, the amount of attention it got here locally and in Southern California as well. So everybody's excited that uh, it'll be somewhere. I think Albion, I mean, um, San Diego is going to be the home team uh, officially, technically, but it'll be at the Sports Deck at SDSU. Not as big of a place as uh, USD, Ferrero Stadium, or Canning Crest Academy, but still enough of a place. I think the capacity is 5,500. So I, I'm sure it'll be sold out and there'll be, you know, standing room only there. So hopefully it'll get the same attention from the local media. I know I'll be covering it as well if I'm not calling it or doing something on the uh, production side of it broadcast. But I'm definitely going to do a recap, promote it as much as possible to get the word out. And again, get uh, get those local rivalries going that can expand uh, for the future for several years, you know. Yeah, I hear you. And um, I was following that game, you know, even I'm here in Chicago. It was on ESPN Plus. Of course, this year, it, I know it won't be on ESPN Plus this year. It will be on HBO Max, I think, is because they have the rights, I think, for the U.S. soccer yeah. tournament. So I think that's where they'll have the game streamed this year. But local rivalries is a big deal, especially in the Open Cup, especially Big Brother against Little Brother, you know, especially with both these sides playing in different levels with Sydney Loyal in the champ, USL Championship and Albion, of course, in NISA. Another local rivalry that, you know, of course we got we're gonna pay attention to the battle in Diego as Albion tweeted about. But the <laughs> other one that we're gonna keep an eye on is down in Detroit. Detroit City FC as they'll be hosting their new neighbors, Gold Star FC Detroit. Of course, as you mentioned, uh when I interviewed Coach Lubianski, he wanted Detroit City and he got it. And now we're gonna see them play against uh, the real Detroit City FC, the, uh, these guys, you know, with Nate Steinwasher and all these great players that they've had. And, you know, Detroit City FC, they were in USL, did pretty well in the championship their first year, making it to the playoffs. And it's going to be interesting with the goal star. I know they announced some of the roster signings already. And I've heard rumors that they, they might got a couple Chattanooga players on their team. Not official yet, but that's just something I've heard. But... I think Gold Star, with the roster that they're putting together, they're definitely going to give Detroit City FC uh, a scare. And I think it will be similar to like when I was when I worked for Chicago House and we played Detroit City and Nisa as our first game. Everyone thought we were going to get crushed, and we were down two nothing. We scored two goals, get back in the game, and Detroit scored that goal late to to win that first game. But for Gold Star, it could go something similar to that as well. At least that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, and I know that uh, I know it's basically the same nucleus coming back for Detroit City FC. I think what Pata Botella passes with uh, USL Championship now Las Vegas, but still they got, like you said, the great goalkeeper Nate Steinwatcher and uh, Stephen Carroll and those guys. So they'll be favored, obviously. But again, it's about uh, Gold Star FC doing it. Having a positive showing, even if you don't pull out the win, it'll be a, definitely a 
uh, an upset win if they do, but everybody's going to be looking to see how much support they have uh, to show up there for that first game against Detroit City. I know Detroit City fans are like probably the best in terms of like following their team, whether it's at home or on the road. I know they had a lot of fans when they played uh, played against uh, 1904 back here in the fall when 1904 FC was still around in, uh, in Nisa. So, yeah, it'll be a great atmosphere, just similar to Albion San Diego and San Diego Loyal. So um, that's definitely one of those other games that I have uh, circled on the calendar, calendar as well. I'm just hoping for a good showing from uh, from both sides, especially Gold Star FC. Yeah, the next matchup we got is the Michigan Stars. They'll be going down to Indianapolis, take on Indy 11 at Michael A. Carroll Track and Soccer Stadium. Of course, Indy 11, they're, they're always fun to watch with their fans and, and everything. They're that's really cool. And I know Indy 11, they didn't do well last year in the USL Championship, but they made some you know big roster moves and are looking to improve this year um, under Coach Lowry. So Michigan Stars, you know, the defending champs, they're going to bring that mindset and, you know, try to go for a cup set. So what do you think about this matchup? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, Michigan Stars pull up the quote-unquote cup set. You know, they're a team that can – Play well against pretty much anybody uh, any day of the week. And uh, if they take the lead on you, dude, I don't care what team you are. MLS, Liga MX, USO Championship, it's tough to score on these guys if they got a 1-0 lead, dude, or a 2-1 lead or anything like that, especially when they have a chance to clamp down, clamp down early. So, yeah, man, it's one of these little schemes that are there's tactical. They're a physical team. Michigan Stars have a reputation of being uh, very physical and uh, imposing their will on people early on. So, like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw the first quote-unquote uh, upset of the uh, USL, uh, US Open Cup there. Hector going with a cup set. I like that. Now let's go on to another, you know, not local rivalry, but they're close enough, neighbors. Charleston Battery. They'll be hosting Savannah Clovers FC over at Patriots Point Soccer Stadium in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Of course, for Savannah, that's like down the street for them. So, you know, don't have to go too far. <laughs> And I know Brian Sykes very excited for his club, the Clovers, see what they can do. Uh, Charleston, Battery, be a tough test. You know, they're a really good team. Got a lot of U.S. Open Cup history uh, with them for the USL Championship side. And they got the Memphis 901 coach, the former Memphis 901 coach, coaching that team now. So it's going to be a tough one for Savannah Clovers. But how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, I guess similar to Gold Star FC, it's about having a positive showing and, uh, and you know, building something for the fans that can get they can get excited for the rest of the season. Uh, USL Championship sides are you know obviously gonna be favored in pretty much any matchup they that they go into, uh, even the one against Michigan Stars. But uh, yeah, man, it's all about you know having the kids, having the players, uh, you know, build a chemistry there between themselves and their first year in NISA. And even if they don't come out with the uh, you know with the with the score with in favor of them, but uh, having a positive showing, losing one or two goals maybe and and from there, having the giving the coaching staff something to build off of for, for the rest of the next season. So, I mean, for me, it'll be more about how what the level of uh, chemistry that they build more than the result. Obviously, I would love Nisa teams to build, uh, you know, come out with as many wins as possible in the U.S. Open Cup. But if it doesn't happen, something that can build off of for the rest of the season and for possibly future U.S. Open Cups. Definitely, I agree with you on that one. Let's move on to the next matchup down in Central Florida. As Club de Leon FC, this is the pro side, not the amateur side. Don't want to put confusion there. The pro <laughs> side will be taking on the defending USL championship champions, San Antonio FC. Now, Club de Leon, like I said, they're a new team. I don't know what to expect from them. I think it's going to be very tough. Especially, you know, I know they're home, but you're playing a championship side, San Antonio FC. That's a really, really good team. Yeah, San Antonio, I mean, they were, like, so dominant last season. Uh, great defense as well. They're like the Michigan Stars of USL Championship, so hard to score on. And uh, Club de Leon, we'll see what they have to offer as well, similar to Savannah. And I hope it's, uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if it's a blowout considering it's San Antonio FC. But, again, it's just about, you know, building that chemistry and, and showing uh, showing the fans that there's a positive side or something that, you know, they can get excited about for the rest because they'll have a long schedule after this, just like the other NISA teams as well. So, see, I'm interested to see how many fans show up for Club de Leon. I know they've been really active in terms of getting the word out as well. 
for the uh, local support, and uh, hopefully the, the fans show up for them. It gives the players something to build off of, and uh, if they can pull off the, the upset, it'll probably be the upset of the uh, of the U.S. Open Cup for that round. So, you know, for fingers crossed, I'm not holding my breath, but I just want to see a good game. Yeah, and if uh, – I don't think it's going to happen, but hey, with the Open Cup, you never know. Uh, just like we saw with Union Omaha last year, surprising people, watching them beat Chicago Fire. I was like, Wait, what? They beat the Chicago <laughs> Fire? So, hey, you yeah. never know. But, hey, if Club they own, if they can cup set, knock out San Antonio FC, they could play Orlando City, the current U.S. Open Cup champion. So that will be pretty fun to, to see that potential happen. Next matchup, Las Vegas Lights FC taking on LA Force at Cashman Field. Uh, Las Vegas Lights, uh, not really good last year. You know, finished ninth in the USL Championship in the Western Conference with 45 points. You're taking on LA Force, which I know LA Force was bad. They they finished seventh place in NISA last year. But look, I'm expecting LA Force, at least an improved squad. Uh, I know I expect they'll probably get a couple Cal United players. They already got one, Villalobos. But... Uh, Assuming they're going to bring back familiar players that we've seen, like Goni and you know others, I expect LA Force to, you know, take it against Las Vegas Lights. Yeah, and like I said, uh, we were talking about earlier, LA Force is a team that they finished in seventh, but they easily could have made the playoffs as a sixth or fifth seed if they could have just closed out some games for the regular season, especially in the final few minutes. I know there was that game against the Michigan Stars that they lost. Like in the 95th minute, the Michigan Stars scored on them. So that was two points right there. That If that ends up in a tie, they instead of like, you know, a loss, it probably helps them out in terms of the, I think they missed by one point making the playoffs. So it's those situation where like, you know, you got to get everything down in terms of like the little mistakes there. And if they can, I mean, it would be a, a hell of a cup set if they pulled this off. But, you know, again, Las Vegas is not a great, team last year for USL Championship, but we mentioned that they got uh, Pasto Botelofas already, the great scorer from uh, from Chattanooga FC, I'm uh, sorry, uh, Pasto Botelofas from the uh, Detroit CDFC. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to wa- be watching it regardless of the scoreline is. If anything, it'll give uh, Avian San Diego something to to look in terms of the scouting report for when they face LA Force the rest of the season. So, anything that posts, you know, post the fans for the home games here, it will be great to see. And if LA Force can pull it off, more power to them. All right. And speaking of Chattanooga, their opponent is to be determined, but they will either play Beaming United FC, which is a team I know they know pretty well because they played them in preseason matches out there in the national area. And they got Guadupoku there. Of course, I remember him. He used to play for the Miami FC when he scored that goal against Atlanta United a long time ago. So that was pretty cool. But they'll either play Beaming United FC or Des Moines Menace. Now, I know Des Moines Menace is really good. They're a really good team. Uh, We'll have to wait and see. But, Hector, do you think whoever, whichever the amateur sides or in Des Moines Menace case, USL League 2 side, wins out and takes on Chattanooga, you think Chattanooga is going to have a walk in the park in this one? Or you think that these two teams are going to give Chattanooga FC a run for their money? I mean, Chattanooga FC, I compare them pretty much the same to me in terms of quality, in terms of the talent level that they have as the Michigan Stars are. Uh, I think Albion's right there with them as well. But uh, Chattanooga FC, um, there's a, a team that actually got me into NISA back in 2018, 2019, and stuff like that. Uh, I think that their the style of play and obviously their goalkeeper at the time, uh, Alec Reddington was their starter. I know he played some uh, matches last, for, last year for them as well. Uh, before Gonzalez took over. But, yeah, they're a team that Chattanooga FC, they're like my always my Cinderella. Not Cinderella, but they're always a team that I they have a favoritism to because they did get me into Nisa soccer. So, yeah, whoever they play, whether it's a USL side or an amateur side or a semi-pro side, I think they have enough quality to beat the pros, the, the USL championship sides. Uh, and I think uh, if it's an amateur side or a semi-pro team, I think it'll be – a I mean, I think it'll be a good game. I think for Chattanooga as well, it'll be about building for the rest of the NISA season and continuing the, that chemistry that they've had for so many years, making them a contender every year. So uh, I'll be rooting for them uh, under the table because I know I'm supposed to always root for on San Diego to win. 
but uh, I hope that uh, you know it'll be a good showing for them as well, just to represent Lisa in the uh, U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, I think Chattanooga's got this one, no matter who they play. But the next matchup, whoever they get paired with, that would be pretty interesting. I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed for a Chattanooga derby. I don't know if U.S. Soccer will be brave enough to make it happen. But come on, come on, U.S. Soccer. I, I, I want to see the Red Bulls take on CFC. See who's the real kings of the scenic city. That's what I want. But Yeah, less drama from U.S. soccer. We've had too much drama with the whole um, Greg Berhalter versus Reina thing, the whole drama there. Sus telenovela it turned into like a Spanish soap opera for a second. So anything positive that U.S. soccer can do to help out, uh, you know, grassroots soccer and both, both uh, third division, second division up, I think it's positive. Oh my goodness, Hector, that's, that's a, definitely a telenovela there that we don't have a lot of time to talk about right now. We can say that for another day on U.S. soccer. But yeah, very interesting to find out who's going to be their coach uh, now that Jesse Marsh is available and all these other candidates they want but aren't available. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But anyway, uh, the next matchup, we got Maryland Bobcats. They are going to host a U.S. Open Cup match I'm sure G.D. Sabai and all those guys down in the Maryland Soccer Plex are very excited, especially the old Bay Brigade, their supporters, that they're going to see a U.S. Open Cup match at their home stadium. So they'll take on either Ocean City Nor'easters or Westchester United SC. Um, I think Maryland Bobcats, I think they're going to do pretty good. Uh, I know last year they played Pittsburgh, and that was a tough matchup against the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. But a good, you know, first test, you know, I know they didn't win, but, you know, kind of get that Open Cup experience, and I think they're going to take that into this one and do much better, whether against Nor'easters or Westchester United SC. But, Hector, how do you feel about this matchup? Yeah, Maryland Bobcats is always a, an interesting team to watch. They play with a lot of passion as well. I know the uh, Knights of Nisa guys, I think one or two of them, that's their favorite team as well, so... Yeah, and Dan they Creel. Yep. In San Diego, they they give them runs for their money. Even in the quarterfinal game, it was a kind of a misleading score because Maryland did create some chances in that game, but Albion was able to capitalize on there. So again, yeah, it's a team that can give play to the level of the competition, regardless of who it is. And I guess it's kind of like they remind me a little bit of LA Force if they can minimize the mistakes in the back and have better communication to prevent turnovers that can create counterattacks. They're definitely a team that can create a and we know they're a team that can create offensive chances and they can they can score with anybody. So hopefully, you know, they have a good showing and, and they're another one of those teams that can represent Nizawa. All right. And then our last Open Cup matchup to preview is, well, they're listed here as Fire City Union, but City Union, they will be taking on either Manhattan Soccer Club or FC Motown, of course, City Union will be hosting this matchup at Rochester Community Sports Complex. So that's cool to see Flower City Union host the game. I think they hosted the game last year in the Open Cup in their debut against the Western Mass Pioneers. Of course, they had to go to extra time to win that one, but then they had to play DC United and got knocked out by DC United in the next round. So Flower City Union, as we both talked about earlier, you know, got a new coach. You know, making some big signings, you know, trying to improve. And I think they'll improve not just during the season for Nisa this year, but I think in the Open Cup, I think it's going to go a little bit better for them than last year. What do you think, Hector? Yeah, and even that game that they played against DC United, they were tied 0 0 in the 73rd minute, I think. Is that when. Uh... And then DC, I think, scored, what, three goals in like. 20 minutes or something like that. But yeah, yeah they Forsity, were it at the end. But, but yeah, yeah Varsity Union, they like, were hanging played in there. MLS side pretty much even for like most of the game to 75 minutes. So it's one of those teams again that can, uh, you never know, is when you got you get the vibe behind you, you got the fans behind you, especially playing at home, and you want to create a good, you know, a good start for the, for the NISA season or start off with the right foot for the rest of the season, I think. It, that's what makes this uh, my favorite tournament, the U.S. Open Cup. It's almost like I wish the Liga MX had. I know they have the Copa MX, but it's pretty much not even close because there's so much. There's not as much rivalries between the uh, first division and second division teams in Mexico. So I'm glad the U.S. Open Cup continues this 
this path of promoting the uh, grassroots teams, the lower division teams, and Flower City Union is one of them that can, hey, man, if they get a call at the end against DC United or an MLS side or a USR Championship side and they can clamp down kind of like, you know, Michigan Stars do, you never know. We never know what could happen. So I'm hoping I'm hoping they can uh, another team that can have a good showing. Yeah, and the, and the U.S. Open Cup has always had fair share of, of history. Uh, Fire seeing in, I would love to see, like, if they get through maybe a couple matchups, they take on an MLS side, whereas maybe New York Red Bulls or NYCFC. I mean, that would be pretty cool just to see a Western New York side go take on the big city, the Big Apple, one of the New York yeah. teams. And, of course, I remember back when the NHL was around, the New York Cosmos, remember when they knocked out NYCFC? I think it was their first year when they were in MLS. Yeah. So in, that was like so much hyped up matchup between those two sides going against each other. So, hey, I mean, I know the Cosmos aren't kicking the ball these days right now, but they're still technically a NISA team. They're still on the NISA header on the website for at least. But, hey, if, if I were to see you, hey, if they could kind of give us a cool storyline uh, this year in the Open Cup, that would be great. Now, Hector, before I let you go uh, – who we talked about earlier, but you know, Cal United setting the tone, you know, being the farthest advancing NISA team to get uh far and you know gave LA Galaxy a run for their money. Who do you think out of the nine NISA clubs that will participate in the Open Cup this year has the, the best chance to to be uh like Cal United last year and go far in the Open Cup? Oh, my heart tells me uh, I'll be on San Diego, but more objectively, just because of their track record and their resume for the last few years, I think it'll be Chattanooga FC. I think they got a bad taste in their mouth from last season, losing one nothing at home in the uh, in the semifinal against Michigan Stars when they did have a couple chances at the end. They got kind of chippy, and obviously a red card was issued to one of the Michigan Stars players, and they couldn't capitalize on being a man up. So that stayed in their craw for them mentally for during the whole off season what could have been. So I think they're gonna they're gonna carry that on, not just for the Nisa season, but for the US Open Cup. And if there's a team from Nisa that can become the Union Omaha of uh of this league, I think it'll be Chattanooga FC with a great goalkeeper that they got now. Not that they've never had great goalkeepers, they've always had great goalkeeping, but uh Gene Antoine there, the experience that he's got. And obviously the great players with the great goal scorer and uh, Marcus Nagelstad who can score against you know, I think he scored two against uh, Atlanta United and that friendly that they had. So, yeah, if there's one team that I'm keeping an eye on to make a run, besides Albion San Diego, hopefully it'll be uh, Chattanooga FC. Yeah, definitely. And I agree with you on that one, Hector. I think the key is going to be kind of how the draw sets up with the bracket. I know it's going to be like regional for the first few rounds. But, hey, if it sets up nicely for Chattanooga FC, uh, I think they'll they, 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 they have the, the chance to do it. Uh, I know last year they knocked out Memphis 901 FC in the in their uh, second round matchup, but then they had to take on Atlanta United, and Atlanta United scored like what five six goals on them. But I think Chattanooga yeah. FC learned from that experience, getting blown out in Atlanta. And look, they've certainly improved, but this team is from what I've seen on the preseason, and you know talking to Coach Underwood in the past, and hopefully get to talk to him again soon. This team is motivated; they got a chip on their shoulder. That they want to, you know, get all these trophies, and I think for Chattanooga FC, that will be another key matchup because I'm pretty sure they're going to play Atlanta United again. And I know they played them in the preseason. That was a thrilling game. All those goals in the first half finished you up three three. So I, I think Chattanooga FC. I think they could definitely go toe to toe against Atlanta United this time around if they take on them again in the Open Cup. And it, hey, if they knock out Atlanta United. The sky's the limit for Chattanooga FC. They they could do it. They could go far. Absolutely. All right, Hector. Well, uh, anything else that you want to talk about before uh, I let you go? No, man. Thanks for having me again. We should do this during the regular season, too. See um, maybe some previews, some recaps, or anything that can get the word out about the league. And uh, can't wait for the uh, first home game. Now that it's officially said, hopefully there's no more changes. Because now I got to go back and make some retractions to my articles, but uh, April 16th against none other than Chattanooga FC at Canyon Crest Academy Stadium, and obviously that game against San Diego Loyal at San Diego State. So yeah, let's get the ball rolling, and let's get the word out, and uh, and let's see what Nisa has to offer. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to seeing what Albion does this season, as well as all the Nisa teams. And uh, yeah, Hector, uh, 
Um, I'll be pretty busy this summer, but if I get a chance to make it out to California out there in San Diego, I'll let you know. And uh, we know definitely looking forward to seeing how 2023 plays out for Nisa this year. Thanks, Josh. We'll talk soon, man. All right, everyone. Once again, thank you to Albion San Diego play-by-play announcer Hector Trujillo for joining us on our show tonight. And if you guys get a chance, please leave a review and share this episode with all your family and friends. And if you guys have any feedback, comments, or suggestions, you can follow me on Twitter and send me a message there. I'm at JT underscore Taylor 88. And if you like the show and want to keep up with all the latest updates, you can follow us on our social media handles. We're on Facebook at Nisa Today FC. You can also message us there as well. We're on Instagram at Nisa underscore Today FC. And we're also on Twitter at Nisa underscore Today FC. You guys enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. And I'll see you next time.